On this edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad, we catch up with former Orlando Magic beat writer and current reporter for The Athletic, Josh Robbins, who now covers the Washington Wizards up in D.C. And of course, Magic Pod Squad brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. They remind you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. Lots to get into with Josh Robbins on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. We go back to his time here in Central Florida covering the Orlando Magic, what he remembers about interacting with Magic fans here, what he thinks of the Orlando Magic rebuild and how they're progressing, and then his thoughts on his transition to Washington, D.C., and now covering a new team there with the Washington Wizards. His thoughts on the state of the Washington Wizards right now, and a little background on Josh Robbins, how he got to be an NBA reporter. A lot of fun stuff as we catch up with our buddy Josh Robbins from The Athletic on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. This is Cole Anthony. This is Jalen Suggs. This is Paolo Bancaro of the Orlando Magic. And you're listening to the Pod Squad. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, George Galate. And this is a podcast that is near and dear to our hearts. We are joined now by Josh Robbins of The Athletic, now in Washington, D.C., covering the Washington Wizards. Did you know? Did you know, George, that Josh had left? Left Orlando? No, I I didn't. Yes. That's I yeah, probably been a couple of years have. now. Been, oh, been a okay. couple of years now. All right, and he's been up there covering the team. <laughs> Does exceptional work uh, covering the Washington Wizards now uh, for the Athletic. But most importantly, Josh is a giant, giant Baltimore Orioles fan. And today is opening day. We will not divulge any scores, Josh, but. Uh, you're playing my Red Sox. Give us an outlook. Give us a Baltimore Orioles outlook for the season. They have a great farm system. They're light on pitching. <laughs> uh, I think they. I think they'll probably win 86 games. But I. They're. They're. Is this really what you want to talk about? Yes. 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 <laughs> I, want to hear, I want to hear your thought. Like, are you expecting a parade? What are you thinking? No, but I think that they will contend for a title about three years from now. I think that's okay. a possibility. Yeah. Okay. It's always good. First. It's always good, Dante. It's always good when, when you ask somebody how their season is going to go, like their current season. Correct. And Correct. the first thing out of somebody's mouth is, well, they have a good farm system. <laughs> I think, 86, I think you know, last year they won a lot of close games. They had a, an impeccable bullpen, and they didn't even bring up the top catcher in the minor leagues until mid-May. He'll be there the whole t- the whole season, but it's not realistic to expect the bullpen to perform as well as it did last year. It, w- it would be, I don't care what team it is, it's going to be very tough to equal that. So I can't imagine that a single person who's interested in the Orlando Magic gives a, a hoop say about say what it. I have to say about the Baltimore Orioles. Well, the, the, beauty is, the beauty is, is we don't care because it's our podcast. And we can talk about podcast. whatever the hell we want. So the line <laughs> of questioning can be whatever we want. Then one last thing, real quick, real quick. Who wins first, your beloved Commanders or your beloved Orioles? Who wins a championship first? Hmm. Probably the Commanders because there's so much parity in the NFL. But there is. Not, okay. not because they are owned properly. You know, the most amazing thing about the change, the changes in Washington since I grew up in – here and then move back here is how far that franchise has fallen you know all all my friends and i lived and died by that franchise lived by it and so many of the people i grew up with have given up until 
Dan Snyder sells that team. And I understand why. And I, um, I'm not going to really go into what my views are, but I get it. I get it. And I, I haven't watched a commander's game start to finish since I got here or even what a shame. Yeah. What a shame. Well, listen, George, I want to start with this and then we'll get into, you know, what you're doing in DC and you're back home and I love the story, but I got to ask you this, George, and all the media people in your time that have covered the magic, have you, have you come across one as beloved by the fans as Josh, or at least one that was, very interested into the information, the detail that magic fans appreciate as much as they did. Josh, that's a good, that's a very, you know, no, I don't think so. I think they admired Josh for his uh, first of all, for his work ethic. He he was there every day. He never missed a day. I mean, there were sometimes I wasn't there and Josh was, you know, in the (laughs) media work room. I'm like, like, I was not there. What are you guys doing today? Well, I'm 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 home. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm at the I'm at the arena. I'm like, well, you yeah. know, we're off today, Josh. Like, there's nothing. Nothing's gonna happen today. Like, well, we're, I, yeah. we're good. <laughs> I go into the arena when you guys were off. <laughs> but no, I you know that's a very good. You know, I was gonna say maybe Larry Guest from the Sentinel. I think Larry Guest was no. I'm I'm, I'm yeah yeah that. sure and, uh, sure. But no, I that's think a very, Josh, but magic I think fans, magic fans missed, you know, and, and this is no knock on Kobe price. Who's no, a great no, writer no, no, no. and covering the, covering the magic for the Sentinel right now. But they, they, I think they still follow Josh for, to figure out what's going on with the wizards. I think they're all those guys that were following Josh before with the magic. Now they're yeah. on, they're on, they're getting the wizards. Uh, here's the picture the wizards of the capital one arena before tip-off starts and, and listen and kobe and you're right kobe does a phenomenal job and he'll continue to do a phenomenal job and and he's carved out a great niche with our fans but josh i i think and you can speak to this just your style i, I think it's you know you're a true journalist I, I think you try to be fair but you also are very very concerned to not come across as you know and you wouldn't because you're an impartial you don't want to be uh, you're not trying to be a mouthpiece for the team. You're not a homer for the team. You're an impartial journalist. And I think that's just, just give us your stance on how you approach in Orlando and, and now in Washington covering a team. Uh, a, just when I thought that this was going to be one of those podcasts where we were all goofing off the whole time, you ask a, a very, very serious question. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a, a professional sports team or a college team uh, should be covered the same way that a president or a speaker of the house of the United States should be covered or business. Um, so, you know, no goofing around, um, no wise cracks on Twitter. I don't believe in that. Um, if a political reporter were to ever have a wise crack about a president, uh, that would force me to, to lose a lot of faith in that, that journalist. And I, I believe the same thing can be, it, it should be done with a, an NBA team. And that doesn't mean you don't have fun covering a team. Doesn't mean you don't care about your coverage as, as much as anything else in the world. But I, that's the approach that I use. And that's the approach that hopefully has worked for me. Well, Josh, you, you know, you say that and, and we'll keep it serious for a second, just because I know you like the serious questions. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that do not <laughs> cover teams yeah. in that way. Um, I, I think you're more in the minority now, which is, which is really a shame how have you seen journalism and everything else change? I mean, you've been around this just as long as we have, and things have definitely changed since you've gotten into the business. 
you know, I'm not that old, but I do remember a time where um, you'd have to wait to go to the newsstand to see what everybody else wrote. You know, I used to cover yeah. Florida State uh, football and basketball, and there were seven full-time writers on that beat. And you'd have to go to a, a newsstand to see what everyone else had. Um, so that's the biggest change. And really, the so of course, many of the news outlets are not what they were. Um, and I'm lucky to have landed at a place that is very serious and is willing to put the resources into things. Uh, I think social media is one of the problems in, in journalism these days, not just sports journalism, any of it. Uh, and, um, you know, we are the, we, the profession are the architects of our own demise there. When you're off goofing off, making jokes about a, a team you cover, or even a team in the league that you cover or the league itself or anything, I think you're jeopardizing not just your own standing, but the standing of your own outlet. And uh, look, I don't bat a thousand. Uh, for example, this past weekend, I took someone he here in, in DC to task for stealing somebody else's video. I don't care that the guy attributed it or not. You don't take somebody else's video off um, his or her Twitter account. You don't do that. But that's about as far as I'll go. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I might make a joke about myself or my lack of cooking ability, but unless, <laughs> you won't do that, I, you know, or my love life. Uh, but um, actually, I wouldn't touch that either because it's non-existent. But um, <laughs> that was not that was Dante's next next question. Come on, that was my answer. next so, um, question. That's my answer to you. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Josh, because I think this is so important, and I and I would love to get your thoughts for aspiring journalists as well there, there's a line to toe and i think you do this as well as anybody also a relationship with the players you cover right the re a relationship the importance of fostering a relationship and it's not buddy buddy it's not hey everything's going to be awesome and, I, and i'm here for but it's a it's a, a respect a respect level with the people that you cover because you work you're professionals you're both professionals at your craft so how how would you say you tow that line and, and what would your advice be to aspiring broadcasters as well or yeah, writers, journalists? Some of the best advice actually came in a movie. I was just thinking about this the other day. Almost was it Star Wars? Was it Star Wars? Yeah, Sometimes. you belong on that wall. Stay on target. But not for journalism. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a great movie. Not for journalism, though. Uh, Almost Famous, where the Philip Seymour Hoffman character is talking to the kid the kid journalist who's following this band around and and he said you want to be good at what you do you want to you know be their friend be honest now he was saying don't be their friend right right sure, sure. Yeah. and so um you know that's what i try to do and uh, i i will um criticize a player a coach a general manager um when it's warranted but the next day you got to be, you got to show up and you got to be able right. to look that person in the eye and uh, you got to be serious about it. Uh, you know, if you're honest and you're trying to do the best job you can, you're work your rear end off. Uh, you know, these are professionals and uh, they should be given credit for that because I've had very, very few cases where someone uh, was then unprofessional to me when he or she has been criticized. Um, I could count them on one hand. Um, and even then that was short-lived. So, um, you know, be honest. And 
doesn't mean you can't uh, find humor in, in sure. when you're talking to a person. Uh, this podcast is example of that, that I've got an incredible sense of humor. <laughs> and um, <laughs> well, obviously, obviously. obviously. Uh, but I have a hell of a lot of respect for the people I cover. I see how hard they work. That's right. Um, it doesn't mean I think that they're perfect. Uh, they're not. Neither am I. Well, George, and I want the I want the record to stand. I want it to stand on the record. I have seen Josh laugh before. I have been yep. around Josh when he's laughed, when he's had a good time, and and mm -hmm. we 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 have, we have even shared some laughs over. We years. have. That's right? it, it's very of, rare. No, come on, it's not that rare. It's like <laughs> Haley's comic. I'm not that much of a grump, and um, I take a lot of joy in the job. You know, just because yeah. you're not off goofing off, spouting one-liners or turning phrases on Twitter doesn't mean you're not having a great time. That's exactly right. But for me, being, having a great time is to do the job well and to learn things and to try to beat the competition. And, right. um, you know, I, if, if someone were to watch me, heaven forbid, uh, just walking around a pregame, I think I'm smiling a lot because you I are. enjoy the job. And, and um, yeah. What are, the, what are the challenges? And you, you, you're in one market, and this is for anybody. You're in one market. You covered the magic for a number of years. You did a great job at that. Now you're going to another market. Now you have to learn a whole new fan base, a whole new organization. Um, you're back home, which is great. I, I know that was important to you as well. But what are the challenges with now learning a new organization and, and trying to earn the trust of new viewers and readers? Well, everything that you mentioned, and you have to do good work. If you don't do good work, you're not going to get that trust. And um you have to try to learn as much as you can about as many people as you can, as quickly as you can. And some organizations are more difficult than others. And it takes a long time. Um, it takes a long time. And last year was a pandemic year where we couldn't go into the locker room. Mm -hmm. That made it more difficult. Um, you know, it's, it's shoe leather, shoe leather, man. It's uh, buzzards guts. As they Gross. <laughs> Buzzards, guts, I like you know, that. It's, it's efforts, uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears, all that stuff. You know, you put in the time and hopefully, and do it honestly, most, most important, and do it well. Um, that, will, that will happen for you. Thank God that this is a, this, a sport I'm familiar with. If they were to have, if I were to transfer, have transferred up here to D.C. and suddenly say, all right, you're on the Nationals or you're on the Commanders. All right. Um, there'd be a hell of a long learning curve. I've covered all those sports in the past, but this, all these sports have changed a ton since then. A lot of it because of analytics and all that stuff, but yeah. Is that why we Josh, never left, I mean, George? Because we don't what? do good work and that'd be harder for us? And I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know anything else. So I think if I if I was if I was put in another environment, I might fail miserably. I think I just would fall flat on my face. So I, that's Fair probably enough. why. That's right. Yeah. Sitting right here, Josh. You've touched on it with different things, like that you've covered Florida State basketball and whatever else uh, over the. For people that don't know your story, let, let's take them back to the very beginning. Where where did you start? Where did you go to college? And what made you want to get into journalism? All you know, take them back to the very beginning. For those that aren't familiar with you, maybe even uh, as the Magic beat writer at this point, which is really crazy to say since you've been you have been gone for a few years now. Yeah, tough yeah. to believe. Tough to believe. Um, I wrote an article or two for the high school paper. Hard as hell. You know, it was, it's like, uh, you know, 
picking a vein and bleeding. That's all you had. That's what Red Smith was said to have said. Um, but in college, like my freshman year, I didn't do a hell of a lot. And I was looking for something aside from studying to do. And so I went both to the weekly paper and the daily paper. I liked the, the atmosphere, the vibe at the weekly paper more and uh, wrote a first article about the equestrian team there. And nice. three days later, well, our sports editor quit. What are you doing? You got, and that was that. And um, yeah, I've loved it ever since. And I love the challenge. And, and uh, yeah, I was, I was going, I graduated college. I considered becoming a lawyer and was going to do that until I had a death in the family. I lost my brother to a motorcycle wreck. And uh, I just decided, hey, you know, I'm going to give this a try because I'm really interested in this. And if it works out, great. If not, then I'll go do my prior plan, but I wouldn't really forgive myself if I didn't try this. And that's, you know, one thing led to another and here I am. That's, that's the, that's the basic story. But where were you? Okay. So where were you before Orlando, Josh, tell everybody where you were before, before you got to cover the magic beat, what were you doing before then? Well, I was in grad school and then was hot, lucky enough to be hired by the Orlando Sentinel for their Lake County Bureau. There you go. I covered rec league sports, like uh, softball tournaments, uh, you know, lawn bowling, uh, little league games, high Ooh. school games. I want to talk more about lawn bowling, actually. Did you interview? <laughs> did you interview people for lawn bowling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, um, you know, the yacht, there was a yacht race on Mount Dora and there was a fishing con- contest at Lake Eustis. And you now these were all fun assignments. And you learn more doing that stuff than you do covering it an NBA game. I see these, see so many kids now through a blog or even some papers. You know, their first big assignment is the NBA. Yeah, that's, right. That's, they're really doing those kids by kids. I mean, like 20, 21, 22, 23 year olds. They're doing that's kids. kids. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This service, I think. I think um, I don't think that's the best way to learn. I don't think that's the best way to learn the, the trade. Just like I don't think you'd want to have someone parachute into covering the United States Congress without having covered town hall. Well, and Josh, and at the, at the time of this recording, you know, the Magic are going to visit the Washington Wizards tomorrow. And I think Magic fans, maybe as a preview, I think would like to know your thoughts on this Washington Wizards season. I, I think for me, looking at it outwardly, I don't know that I expected Washington to, to, to get in, right? But I, to me, it was a successful season. These guys were in the hunt. They still have an outside chance of getting in. Two games out here in the final six or seven games. I know they started much higher up in the Eastern Conference. But give us your take on how fans and how the organization is feeling about the season. I'll tell you what the general vibe is among fans. There's a tremendous amount of um, disappointment and, and cynicism. Cynicism. Interesting. Okay. Uh, wow. And I've, I've mentioned that. I've mentioned that in, in writing. And um, the reality is, is that the Wizards haven't won – at least 50 games in a season since the 78, 79 season. That's the year they were the defending champs. They went back to the finals and lost to Seattle. Um, There's a lot of frustration uh, from the fans and they struggle to see what the path forward is to get to become a contender, let alone close to a contender. That's just the reality of, of what the perception is. And part of the goal for this year was to make a big jump, make a big improvement. And they thought that if Brad, Bradley Beal wasn't injured for half the year and they had Porzingis for the whole year and they had Kuzma for the whole year, 
then they could really put something together because they also added Monte Morris and DeLon Wright. Hasn't quite worked out. And, and a lot of, some of it is injuries. They're 12 and nine when DeLon Wright, Kuzma, Porzingis, and Beal have played together, which over the course of a season would be great. But when DeLon Wright's out and the big three play, they're four and 10. And um, so there is a feeling that the team has underachieved. And yet, outside of the organization, a lot of frustration that uh, they can't see a path forward. And um, it's been, I'm from here and I grew up watching the Bullets. And I was, of course, covering a team in the division. I did not fully get that it was that cynical. And I think it's really risen in the last 12 months. And I swear to God, it's not because I'm here, but it's. <laughs> right. Um, Seems like a correlation to me. Well, uh, I kind of got to read tea leaves sometimes. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of frustration over the Beal contract. Uh, and they're fighting a lot. They're fighting against a lot of headwinds. They, the organization, they're fighting against a lot of headwinds here, and they're creating a lot of their own headwinds here. How would th- how much different would things be if John Wall had never gotten hurt? Right, sure, uh, sure. And but it seems like it's a good pivot. I mean, Kristaps Porzingis is playing well. Beal has been healthy for a stretch of the season that we've not seen in two or three years. And Kuzma, a borderline All Star, you seem like that's a that's a pretty good trio to build around. They, they seem like it seems like it's on the headed the right direction, right? And then you get. I know Rui Hachimura, you know, that didn't pan out, so you, so you move on from him. But uh, Morris has always hurt the magic. It, it seems like the pieces are there, Josh, are they not? I don't think that there's that transformational player that they need. Okay. Um, and it's interesting to me. Uh, I'm kind of thinking out loud here, but I don't, I'm not talking out of school. The way uh, – the magic. Magic fans would love to have had Bradley Beal on the team. Right. Now, right. Here, he, he's not very popular, and I don't think, and I don't think that's fair. Um, unfairly to him, he's kind of the symbol for the mediocrity that the team has fallen into, and the, the criticism of him. Well, he's not a a number one option on a championship team. Why? Why are the Wizards paying him two hundred fifty million dollars over five years? Uh, that criticism is is valid is valid. Um, it's just so interesting to me. I get the sense that many Wizards fans would love to see a complete teardown. And they're not wrong. They're not wrong. Uh, but I try to tell, I try to say, you know, be careful what you wish for, because especially with the way the lottery has changed, it's very, it's going to be more difficult than ever to build through tanking. And I'd be happy to talk to, I'd be happy to talk with said fans. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, they're right. They're right. You know, that, that um, this team needs a, an, a franchise changing player. They're, they're so right. They're correct. Um, but they haven't exactly lived through a rebuild that could take more than three years. Hmm. You know, right. so you start a rebuild, you have no guarantee that you'll ever get out of it. This is true. 
This is true. Now, now, Josh, you, you, you don't follow the magic like you used to, obviously, because you're, you know, you're knee deep into Wizards coverage. But what are your thoughts from the about the magic at, from afar, from from somebody that, you know, is, is on a is on a different team? What, what is your opinion of what the magic have been doing, especially this season? Well, let me just preface this by a disclaimer. OK, there are going to be a lot of people here who listen to this and say, oh, he's talking with his you know, pals and he's talking for an Orlando magic centric audience, you know, don't believe a word he says, or he's tailoring it. He's sugarcoating it. Um, I was going to say all of those. Right. Things, but... uh, <laughs> the difference in where the team is now compared to where it was uh, two years ago is night and day, night and day. Uh, the, the magic at that I got confused. The magic at yeah. that time, the year that they traded Bucevic and Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon, it, same year where uh, Markel blew out his knee. Mm-hmm. It was difficult to see a way forward without a full rebuild. Right? Um, they did it, and then things they, they made their own luck, and for the most part, they made pretty great decisions. Yeah. Right? So the, de- the decision to trade Vooch was not well received, I think, in a lot of parts of Orlando at the time. But they got multiple first-round picks for it. And one of those picks turned into Franz Wagner, who I think is going to be a fantastic player. He's pretty damn good now. He's going to be fantastic, I think. You watch that guy play, and you know, he lives and dies with each defensive possession. You can just see it on his face. And he's got an offensive game. Uh, and then ba- the decision to draft Paolo Bancaro, 24 hours before that draft, the majority of the NBA world thought they were going with Jabari Smith. Yeah. Um, yeah. They made the right decision there. Uh, so ma- they are onto something. The Magic are onto something. They are in pretty darn good shape. They're close to great shape. Um, and, and in my opinion, the one... Uh, criticism I have is that they've won a little too much too early, right? Uh, someone brought this up on Twitter. I was on, uh, I think, the Close Up Magic podcast, yeah, remember? Yeah. and they asked me, over under, Josh, are they going to win over 25 games? And I said, no. I said, no, because I assumed, and I assumed incorrectly that they would try to play for Wembenyana and Henderson. And I was wrong. And it, by the way, that shows the danger of being far away from a team. If I were covering that team, I would have known what they were trying mm. to do. Uh, so that's my criticism that they've won too much too soon, uh, that they kind of started to emerge from the rebuild, this late, re- this latest rebuild, which has gone very well too soon. Well, uh, so we'll see what happens, but. Um, see, to that. Yeah, to that, like I would where say, they are very much. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a there's a contingent of Magic fans that feel that same way, and I, and I think it's a smaller number. I don't think it's the majority, but there are Magic fans that feel that way. And to to that, I say, you know, you, your your goal is to win and to foster a winning culture and to let these guys play and to develop. And to me, that's that's what they've done. And if you fall out of the top three, four and you want a top three or four pick, well, you've got the capital and you've got the pieces to move in there. Like, to me, you try to win games, right? And, and you see where you fall at the end of the season because there's no guarantee. You could have the worst record 
Uh, is, is Lightning going to strike twice? You were a bottom three team last year. You got the number one pick. Is Lightning going to strike twice and you're going to get Wembenyama? I, I think in this day and age of analytics, is probably no chance of that. So to me, what, I, what I is there? An the 80, is there an 86% chance, Dante, you don't get the pick? Is that what it is? An 86% yes, chance you do not you get the pick. But you don't. Right? Even if you're uh-huh. 0 82. Even if correct. you're 0 right. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. But, you know, it's interesting to compare and contrast the, the two teams we've been talking about. I've been writing and my friend and colleague, David Aldridge, who's as bright as anybody in the, in yeah. the journalism uh, have written, they'd be better off long-term if they lose. And speaking for me, I know full well the dangers of building yeah. the culture you're trying to build. The difference is, is that the magic aren't as desperate as the wizards are in my opinion, because they've got Bancaro and because they've got Wagner. Now, maybe Denny Avdia makes that, makes a jump into becoming a borderline all-star. But these are different circumstances. And, and the reality is one franchise right now is in a lot better shape than the other. All right. Well, Josh, you bring up you bring up Paolo Bancaro, and obviously he is, uh, I mean, in our eyes, he is the leading candidate and the only candidate for NBA Rookie of the Year. Now, my, my question is not going to be who, who do you think is the Rookie of the Year. My question is, being the PR person, uh, you as a writer tend to get a lot of mailings and trinkets and uh, cutesy little mm-hmm. PR campaigns from, from lots of things, lots of teams and lots of individuals. We don't bribes. Know, you call it bribes. bribes. I mean, basically, bribes, particularly yeah. they're bribes. But like you, no. we know we know Josh Robbins. Dante doesn't. He doesn't even accept a media meal, let alone. No. Well, no, is he, he does not. So my question is now, you know, you know, Joel Glass and myself and Trish, and we 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 tend to do things a little differently. I, I like to hit people with just a nice email with with just some straight facts. You know, this, this these are the facts and this is why we think our guy is the best. Now you have these other teams that will send you a beach towel or a cute little theme with a cereal box mm-hmm. as a writer. Does that influence your vote when you get these things in the mail? Because you're about to get about 50 of them yeah. in the mail. Yeah, it's, that, right? it's that time of year. I have an anecdote about this. First of all, I would prefer the straight facts 100, 100 times out of 100, okay? okay. Uh, wouldn't accept anything good enough to keep anyway. Um, would you mail it back? Would, you, would If you got a cereal box from the Charlotte Hornets, would you, would you mail it back, return to sender? Uh, no, I would just... <laughs> And it doesn't matter what the team was. I just throw it out. Oh, right in the trash can. <laughs> I mean, cause I wouldn't, cause I wouldn't want to, you know, the environment, right. I'm not a, a huge environmentalist, although I should be uh, given my background, but no, I, you know, I just, I, I would just chuck it pro- or I would give it away. You know, if it, yeah, had sure. any value, it I would give it, I would give it away. Really. I wouldn't chuck it. So last year, I'm not going to name the team. Okay. No, you should. That, that, you, you're, you're allowed to. You, what's the yes, best thing you've gotten it. or the they, craziest thing you've gotten? The Pistons. You, uh, we'll guess. No, you just I, know. All the stuff that is sent is worthless. Um, <laughs> someone sent a um, – w- remember when we were kids and there was this kind of circular slide show thing where you, you put it up to your face. Oh, yeah. Viewmaster. Viewmaster. Master. Well, someone yes. sent that about some, some guy. I say did some you? guy, I don't remember what the team was. I mean, and did you like the Timberwolves doing that or did you? Did I don't you remember not? who it was, <laughs> but I mean, come on. 
That's ridiculous. Right. I know. But but the real anecdote I was going to tell you was is that some team last year for rookie of the year sent a toolbox. Okay. First of all, they emailed me and say, "Well, Josh, what's your new address?" I said, "Oh boy, what? Just if you don't send me anything, please. Or if you send me something, just have it be a letter." And they said, yeah, "Okay, yeah. okay, okay." And then four days later, I get this parcel, weighs ten pounds, trying mm. to be a, a doggone tool chest, like with a hammer oh. in there. Uh, I don't recall. I don't think they had any pliers. Just had a hammer in there. I guess the the marketing campaign was. Um, like this guy's a glue guy, you know, he's uh, solving. Yeah. You know, he's, well, one of the other things they had in there was like a, a not a dreidel, but like one of these, uh, the thing in the movie Inception where, where you'd spin it and it would just twirl and twirl and twirl. I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. And so I was spinning it around on my floor. <laughs> and, um, you know, one night I'm getting out of See, bed. it does work. And that's why you voted Scott you know, Barnes. I get it. I, um, <laughs> I get out of bed and I'm half asleep and I'm going to the bathroom and I step on that damn thing. Went right in my foot. Blood was everywhere. And I'm listen. Now I don't be a slob. Shouldn't be a slob, but I, long story short, I hate that stuff. I, 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 my guess is if it wasn't that, it would have been some sort of cat toy or I I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of items between your bed and your bathroom is going to be my guess. It's going to be my guess. Gross. Some sort of, Hey, last thing, last thing, Josh, before we let you get out of here, George, I I don't know how much you know this, but Josh is the host of his own podcast bullet points, right? I did not know the Washington wizards throwing it back to his days when they were the bullets. I think it's fantastic. Uh, Cody Clark, right? The former intern for, for the Orlando Magic uh, involved. Super talented dude. Yep. Super talented dude. How do you like being a podcast host? I enjoy it, but I'm struggling to show my personality in the way that you guys are showing yours and the way that you guys are allowing me to show some of mine. And, um, you know, I need some work on that. I need some work on that. I'm enjoying it and I want to take it to the next level. Like if I were dating yep, Elle McPherson and right. casually take her to coffee, I would want to take it to the next level. Sure. And beyond that, Got it. Uh, <laughs> I want to take this bullet points podcast into the stratosphere like they did yes. on the Wolf of Wall Street. But um, do you think the dating, do you think the dating, do you think the dating aspect is hurting because you still feel Elle McPherson is the one that got away? Do you, do you think that, has had any kind of a negative impact in any way or is that is that clouding your vision when when you, <laughs> when you cast yourself into the dating pool uh, no <laughs> i think my my lack of success there is due to a whole bunch of other <laughs> we'll cover those next on the next episode <laughs> no one wants to hear no one wants to hear about that oh uh, no that would boost your ratings josh well, that would but you like ratings, that right but, but isn't it isn't it fun it's fun to come up with the ideas podcast, and guests and Yes, it, you're it is. It is. And um, I, I look and I'm being serious when I say I want to take it to the next level. And um, I just have to you know, be a little looser, a little. That's it. You know, a little bit silly. But as I said before, I, you know, I don't get silly when I talk about a team, no matter who it is, whether it's a team I cover or a team I don't or a player I do. I might rip the damn toolbox set of graft that they. Sure, sure. <laughs> because they do impaled my the bottom of my left foot but other than that i don't make any 
Well, you don't, you, you can't force it. If it's not you, you can't do it. And if it doesn't feel right, you can't do it because it won't work, but you got to find what you can enjoy goofing around about or letting loose about. George and I are not serious about anything. And I don't no, think that not, helps. That's I don't think true. that helps a ton, but it certainly helps in this. <laughs> it, it, it does. It, helps it, in this. it does. And it does. And well, we'll let you go, Josh. We know security just poked their head in there. We just saw that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, no, actually, they put their head out and they're like, no, nah, don't worry. It's just Robbins again. <laughs> yeah, this is the highlight. He's got this catching up has been the highlight of my doggone week here, man. And yes, you know, likewise. So, likewise, yeah, Josh. Well, it's always great yeah. to catch up with you. Keep up the great work. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you here soon. We'll see how this thing goes here tomorrow. The Magic and the Wizards, if you get in, have a great postseason. And if not, have a great offseason and we'll see you soon. I just cover the team. I do. I go where I need to go. That's it. And I'll oh be God. sending you a kit for Huevos Banqueros here pretty soon. Huevos Banqueros. Right, right to your, maybe right to your porch. Maybe, maybe that I'll return to sender. And uh, just, just uh, yeah, hey, I miss those Magic fans. Yeah. I miss them. When you're, and, when, uh, you're play, when you're playing on, when you're playing with a pack of hot sauce on the floor there, don't leave it there. So you step oh, on it. Pick it up off the ground. Pick it up. Don't leave it on the table. I've, I've dropped a glass container of, of Cholula sauce once. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how you knew that. See, here you go. That's your hook, John. You got it. You got to see. You got to yeah. deliver it that way, where people don't know if you're serious or not. Well, is this, this guy is, serious? This is true. This is true. This you know what I'm saying? Then there's gold here. I'm telling you, gold, Jerry, gold. You got it. All right. All right, Josh. Good. To All talk right, to you. Josh. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad with Josh Robbins from the Athletic.